0: Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick.
1: The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical.
2: Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police for pulling the wall on us. Painting and taking on all the plates we pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Succinize and do their lies and make them fall. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. to grab a shovel and dig up the tech. Uh,
0: If you do any PC gaming at all, there's a pretty good chance that you use the Steam uh, platform from Valve, which has more or less become the go-to system for releasing, selling, and distributing PC games. Uh, The company recently made an announcement that's been getting lots of attention, effectively saying that it was no longer going to be actively curating what goes onto its platform. Following a controversy that erupted after Valve removed a game about school shootings, the company put up a blog post noting that the team at Valve had been struggling with the issue of content moderation and that it was, as they put it, grappling with a really hard problem. Uh, After revealing some of the internal debate that they had, the blog post said, and I'm quoting, Valve shouldn't be the ones deciding this. If you're a player, we shouldn't be choosing for you what content you can or can't buy. If you're a developer, we shouldn't be choosing what content you're allowed to create. Those choices should be yours to make. Our role should be to provide systems and tools to support your efforts to make these choices for yourself and to help you do it in a way that makes you feel comfortable. And thus, we've decided that the right approach is to allow everything onto the Steam store except for things that we decide are illegal or straight up trolling. Of course, there is a lot to be packed into everything after that, except uh, for a long time, we here on Techdirt have talked quite a bit about the questions related to content moderation and have attended or participated in two separate full day events on the topic, not to mention hosting our own panels on the question of content moderation as well. Valve's decision led to, I would say, a big internal discussion here at TechDirt that went on for quite a while, and I figured that we should move that discussion uh, out of our uh, content moderation, uh, content moderation, <laughs> content <laughs> management system, and into the podcast. So on today's podcast, we've got three other folks who write for TechDirt. We have Tim Geigner, Lee Beeden, and Kathy Gellis. Uh, Tim, who wrote our post on the story, worried about what this would do to the overall platform in terms of how usable it is. Uh, Kathy had some concerns about the legal impact of all this while admitting that she's rooting for it to succeed. And Lee questioned what would really change here because of that trolling exception, which more or less puts the company right back where they were before in terms of determining what goes on the platform. Indeed, uh, even as we are recording this, there have just been some new reports that Steam has very recently, after this announcement, banned a bunch of games. Uh, including an ISIS simulator and an AIDS simulator, Uh, though some people have pointed out that Valve has said that this new free-for-all policy won't actually be in effect until more tools have been created. So perhaps they are still working under the old system to moderate their content. Anyways, let us dive into this discussion, and I'm going to start it off with Lee, um, who... Um, I felt was very passionate about this, so he denies it. So, (laughs) Lee, I'm going to ask you to frame this issue from your perspective.
1: Uh, Yes. I mean, like you said, broadly, I sort of have questioned from the moment they said it, what's really going to change? I mean, there is, and I've also pointed to, there's one thing I think that's concretely going to change. Uh, is that they, they're going to allow more like adult and pornographic and sexual games into the store? Which I almost part of me thinks like they know that's the main change that's happening, and they just didn't want you know that to be the title of what they were changing.
0: This is an um, easier way to I, to to say that.
1: Yeah, because that's been a complicated and a controversial thing on Steam for a while. Um, but then, yeah, a lot of it comes to that not trolling exception, which I immediately wondered what that means. And I think, you know, since since then they've uh, they clarified to Variety, right? You know, that they had said um, that they banned Active Shooter because the developer was a cruel, clear troll and had done a bunch of abusive things and had opened multiple accounts to submit different games and stuff. And so it sort of sounded like maybe that's what they meant by trolling, though it also sort of implied that they meant the game itself could be trolling. I wasn't quite sure... They've since clarified uh, in an interview, they said, you know, to be completely explicit, we would have banned this game no matter who made it and what their practices were because the game itself was trollish. Yeah. Uh, so given that, and then given the other crop of games they remove, which again, I know they say the new system's not in place, but it seems to match that exact narrative of what they're saying about Active Shooter, that they would ban this as trollish. Um it just seems like they're putting the same moderation decision under a different name, right? Like,
0: <laughs> Right, and without clear or transparent rules and conditions. I mean, trolling could mean... Anything and, and they specifically say things that we decide are trolling, which is a very subjective standard.
1: Um, yeah, and so in a sense, you know, there there could be pros and cons to that, right? So some of their specific guidelines to try to outline what they consider, uh, you know, unacceptable content is also arguably what ran them into some of the controversies when they like didn't allow games that a lot of people said no, there's actually a lot of value in this game, even though it's dealing with difficult subjects or whatever, and so. By removing some of those uh, specific lines that they tried to draw um, and changing it to just this question of pure trolling, the way I hear it from what they're saying is, you know, we're going to decide if a game is maturely or interestingly or, you know, is valid in doing something with difficult topics or if it's just using them, you know, or being offensive to cause controversy or just trying to be a troll. Right. Which ultimately is the same decision, you know, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I, I, I mean, to some extent, right? I mean, this this does get you know. I think there there are some interesting things about the the Steam platform in particular, but it, this you know certainly does touch on the same issues that almost every platform deals with when they're sort of determining how they want to moderate content. Now, part of what's interesting to me is that, and to some extent, this is almost Valve going in the opposite direction of most platforms. Uh, I think a lot of platforms start with the view that we're going to allow everything and, you know, only moderate the really most trollish content. Whereas, you know, Steam has very much been sort of, a, a, you know, effectively a locked up platform that they've sort of opened up more and more. And now they're sort of claiming that they're going all the way, right? Let's, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Go ahead.
2: Sorry. I was just going to say that's that's the point of all of this when it comes to the context of the decisions that Valve is making with Steam is that they have they have steadily opened up their platform more and more and more. So this is, you know, if you just look along the timeline of everything that they've done from day one, this is sort of a logical step. The problem is that what if you just go back to the active shooter case uh, or controversy, along with all of the questions about the pornography they do and do not allow, or whether it is pornography or not, the overall theme of all of the complaints has been, we don't know what your position is. We don't actually know what your policy is. Right. And their clarifying statement on their new policy was illegality and trolling. It, the least clear thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that you could come up with.
0: Yeah and 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 again like i mean this is some of the concern with with almost any content moderation system for any platform is how transparent are you and are there clear rules and and are the decisions that people have to make is that is it you know is it well understood by the users and this decision does very little to actually moderate that
1: Yeah. And I guess maybe we should provide just as a bit of context for people who might not be so familiar, just briefly sort of Valve's history with this, right? Steam was originally an invite only storefront for the most part, like Valve would, you know, it had relationships Mm -hmm. with big publishers, it would reach out to indie devs that it wanted in the store. Uh, Eventually, they switched over to the green light system where anyone could submit games to the store. But then it had to be voted up by community users to get it into the official moderation queue for Valve to clear it and put it into the store. And then more recently, last year, in fact, they then switched from that, they got rid of Steam Greenlight, and went to the new Steam Direct system, where anyone can pay a fee to submit their game, Valve will review it, and if it doesn't violate any of their rules, which are mostly more technical things and making sure the game is what it says it is, and functions and such... Um, but also had the content rules in there, then it'll get into the store. So they so they have essentially opened it up over time in that way, though they had that middle ground where there was a big community layer to it. And, and one of the complaints developers had there was that there was a lack of transparency and an inability to predict whether you'd be able to get your game into Steam. Um, And the thing is that alongside all of this, like, Valve's big challenge in a lot of ways with Steam is its storefront, which has, you know, Steam is an amazing platform for getting and installing and playing games and for doing lots of things related to that. It's always sort of struggled to be as good as it could be or wants to be as a platform for discovering new games. And it's made a lot of changes over the past few years to get better at that, to, like, balance between the huge clutter of games coming into the store and, you know, finding what people are interested in and not letting it be dominated by a few titles and so on actually do you think it has gotten better um i mean i am saying that in the loosest sense I, I mean gotten better in terms of coping with the huge influx of games so i guess you have to balance it against that because like the growing number of games with steam direct has pushed it in the other direction it, it, some of the new discovery mechanisms seem a little cooler to me though i agree i mean they don't serve me very well in the way i game or look for games um so yeah well
0: i I mean that that's an interesting challenge in its own right, right? I mean it's the same kind of thing that you know your Netflix and your youtubes and and spotify's and and whatnot have been dealing with and sort of trying to figure out and and, uh, and and going back to like Amazon and things like that like and I'm not sure that anyone has really sort of perfected the the content discovery side of of these things, and obviously for different types of content there there may be different ideas um and you know you wouldn't treat. You know video games the exact same way you treat movies or music or or well, here's other a, stuff.
3: Here's a question: How would you want to find the games like Lee? you were talking about what they the tools they have don't necessarily work with your needs, but what are your needs? How would you want to find things?
1: well, I mean you know the the way I usually find games now is. I hear about them or read about them or see conversation about them in places other than Steam and then I just go to the Steam store and look them up. And the only thing I really ever discover in the Steam store is during their large sales, uh when they have you know, that's when I might actually poke through a few pages of it. But um, you know, generally I don't use it for discovery very much and I know a lot of Steam users I've talked to, at least anecdotally, say similar things. Um No, it's not. I'm not bringing that up to say I'm upset with it not being as good as it could be or anything. I don't really mind that much. I'm just bringing that up to point out that that's that's one of the factors STEAM is juggling and considering strongly in making these decisions. Well,
2: yeah, in their statement, they said that is going to be their job. Uh, I mean, it's always been their job, but they are going to focus on making sure that they provide users the tools In order to make themselves a better discovery point for new games. The problem is, as per usual, they don't actually detail what those new tools will be. So they've rolled out a policy, or they've announced a policy that will be rolled out. They've told us that there's going to be great new tools that will make the policy work, but nobody, as per usual, knows what any of this is.
1: Yeah, I mean, because it already has a whole bunch of tools for saying, I'm not interested in this kind of game, I don't want to know about this genre, and so on, and, you know, so I don't know what exactly is going to be different, except the, you know, don't show me anime novels being a big button that people notice more.
2: <laughs> well, I think, look, if, if you just follow, their, again, the progression of Steam as a platform, generally, along with this statement, it's pretty clear to me that they're, the, they're going to create an influx of new games. They're going to open the platform up and make it easier to to release new games have less barriers to that potentially controversial new games that will likely generate some attention on their own, whether they're pornographic or otherwise and yeah. they're gonna if it's funny because they've decided to enact a policy on the premise that they want to make curating or not curating but discovering new games on their platform better for users or more free for users but the policy is going to make it more difficult if they don't have their shit in order
1: yeah well I mean this goes back to my thing about it being a lot about the you know the adult games which you know again the volume issue there is largely from the visual novel area uh, where you know that whole industry of games just works on a different model than traditional video games there's way way more of them they're cheaper to produce they're you know. um, so, I wonder, I mean, how many new games is this opening into the store? Like, how many, you know, they're currently removing a bunch of games that they're deeming trolling like you know the school shooting game but then also the aids simulator that you're talking about and things and that seems to be an indication of what they're talking about when they refer to pure trolling so i don't i just don't know how big again other than the sexual content question i just don't know how big the pile of controversial games that were being not let in before that are going to be now Really is
2: well. Don't you think? Don't you think there's likely going to be some delay from the top down? I mean, they've they've announced a policy they haven't enacted yet. I yeah. would assume. I would assume there'd be some delay between announcement to when everybody is sort of in the company in Valve on the same page about what's allowed and what's not.
0: I, I mean, yeah. I also wonder too if, um, again, and this goes back to Lee's original point, is you know, as soon as there's a game that is semi-controversial that that Valve decides is not trolling, but suddenly gets, like, say, press attention for being an awful, horrible game that how could Valve allow this on the platform, I kind of wonder if they're just going to go right back to to taking it down again.
2: Well, they they might.
3: I'm not seeing the disconnect necessarily with the articulated policy, which has two parts to it. One is basically, we're going to give you everything in the world that's a game, unless we hate it for some reason that we just decide, Two, we're going to give you the tools to filter out the stuff of the world that you don't want to see. Mm-hmm. These things could work together, but the big question is, obviously, what are the, the quality of the tools and do they give users enough control and nuanced control over what they want to see in order to get rid of the stuff they don't like and protect them from the stuff they want to pretend doesn't exist in the world? So I think the more interesting question might be, I want to be a fly on the wall in Steam's office and figure out, how are they even attempting to build the tools? What, I mean, assuming the technology, we have the technology, we can build it. What are they trying to build? What kind of nuance control are they trying to do? What kinds of customers and customer interests are they weighing as they try to build these tools? Um, Are they talking to a diverse group of players, certain types of gamers, only some kinds of gamers? Um, And again, kind of the question I had for Lee, What would you actually want if all of a sudden you were given a window into every single game that exists in the world and some of these things are things you'll never want to see? What kind of control do you want to have on that and what would you hope that the tool would be to keep the bad stuff away and help find the good stuff?
1: Well, again, like I said, I it's not a huge concern for me. I can find the games that I want to find, and I don't use Steam much as a storefront now, so I'm not likely to start. Um, but I, what I, I guess my answer to that would be the same thing that I always say I would like platforms to do, which is just open themselves up more. Like, Steam has struggled for so long with the... Um, I, I, sorry, when I say open themselves up more, I mean on the other end of things, right? Like, I think Steam should be providing easy APIs and hooks and such that, other people can build their own storefronts to show games off in. I mean, lots of other stores are essentially already that. The Humble store is, you know, almost every game you buy in there. What you get when you buy it is just a Steam key that you then go plug into Steam to unlock and download your game. I would rather than just see them open things up like that because there are some divisions yeah. in these games. The visual novels that caused a lot of controversy initially because they appeared and because their volume works so differently, there's so many of them that they took over the store for some people. And some people, it was like this this strange thing where suddenly Steam was all this type of game that they weren't interested in at all. And there were so many of them. So Steam has had to make some changes to roll back on that. And then that's going to happen again if they're opening it up to the ones that they had previously been deeming pornographic And so I think that's some of the main controls that they'll offer and that'll work reasonably well because that's a really clear delineation. People are either interested in that genre or they're not. And a lot of people who are, that's the only genre they're interested in. So I think, you know, that one will work rather cleanly. As for the other types of controversial games, I don't know. I don't see an easy way they can divide it. Uh, You know, so many games have adult content or whatever you want to call it uh, and it is that subtle distinction of is this a real game a real piece of art even if it's pulp art or trashy art but it's just someone doing something creative or is this someone just being a jerk and trying to cause controversy and piss people off I, I don't really care but i i don't know how they're going to uh consistently make that decision and then separate the other stuff out on the store end or anything like that
0: i, I mean i think the, the point that you made the first half of that is actually the really interesting one. It's something that we've discussed a little bit in the past as well. You know, the idea of opening up these platforms to third parties to provide the tools. So rather than expecting Steam to figure out how to build the tools for all of the end users to curate their own experience entirely, to, you know, effectively open up APIs that would allow third parties to come in and curate their own stores based on the Steam platform beneath it, and then allowing, you know gamers of different types to sort of self-select into different markets that that are doing the work for them.
1: And And they they did try to do that a little bit within Steam, like they created a system for people to do curated feeds of games Mm -hmm. that they were showing off and stuff, but as far as I know, it never really took off. I think it has become a mostly forgotten feature.
3: But it's, it's, I think it's a little different if it's done by a third party, where particularly, like if the third party has some commercial interest to understand its audience, understand what those audience particular needs are and then to be able to sell much more directly into that audience the problem with steam attempting to be the one-stop shop both to have all games in its supply room and then to be the sole filter provider is it has to be all things for all people and maybe a much more efficient way of doling this out is that specialize in the job of collecting as much as they reasonably can based on their own reasonably internal policy and then um farm out the well we can't make it um, you if you're this demographic and you really don't want to see this or do want to see this or you know somebody's going to be able to understand you much better than we can because we also have to understand you and we'd have to understand this group of people and we have to understand this group of people so why not um, parcel that out and create commercialized opportunities for people who could specialize to those audiences to provide the viewer into the world that those people would be more comfortable with
1: Yeah, and they essentially, you know, said uh, when the visual novel sort of controversy, as it were, happened, and then when they had some missteps they were criticized for over blocking certain games, you know, they said, we don't understand this genre, we don't know a lot about it, we were sort of blindsided by its popularity and by the quantity of it, and we're trying now to learn about it, but we don't really know this market or this genre or this player base and, you know, why spend so much time trying to learn it when you could just let the people who do and who are immersed in that and passionate about it build stuff using your tools to serve that player base? Do you think that would work for the other side of the controversial content besides the anime and,
2: and pornographic material? You know, uh, is, there, is there a place for the, the controversygames.com that sells Steam keys that may not appear on their, directly on their platform to the average user?
1: I mean, maybe, but I find that harder to answer because I just still have such a hard time envisioning what that content's going to be. Uh, I mean, I'm not doubting that there will be, you know, it won't be long before there's a controversial title, either controversial because it's approved or because it isn't. Um, but it's harder for me to envision what exactly is going to play out there or if it's all going to fit along a genre line or an interest line that would make it make sense in that same clear-cut way. Yeah,
2: see, I the the thing... I I do not think this is all about adult games or anime games.
1: I think if you read how
2: tortured and lawyered that blog hey. post was, excuse me, <laughs> the lawyer is offended. Um, lawyered in a good way, actually. I mean, it, right. it was it, it it was meticulous. I mean, they had. I mean, you can if if you read this with the eye of an author, you can actually see the premise, the beginning, the middle, and the end. I mean, this this was crafted, and they put enough emphasis on the controversial content surrounding everything that wasn't adult you know, sexual material to be, it seems pretty clear to me, this is going to be what they're going to point to essentially when they tell people, don't bring us your outrage.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess I wish they would point to a game that they had not allowed but now would allow. Just one. I mean, because all they've done since that is explain how some of the controversial games like the school shooting thing how that would be blocked by this new policy that's all they've been explaining the ones that you know the easy answers it would be nice if they would point to but do do you
0: actually think they'll point to the gray area one i mean that's that's like just asking for trouble like i i agree like it would be fascinating for them to say like this is the type of game that we wouldn't have allowed before but under this new policy we will but but from their perspective you can totally understand why they would never do that right
1: Of course, but you know that just that is just deferring it until it happens.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but in a different way, right? I mean, it's 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 a different thing for other people to speculate on what would be allowed versus what won't, as opposed to saying like we really. Wouldn't like this game under our old rules, which were never that clear anyways. And now it's okay under our new rules, which are not that clear. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think they really want to do that.
3: I mean, I'm inferring that the n- new policy is essentially they want to have as much stuff up as they could possibly stomach. But if push comes to shove and there's something they can't stomach where they just won't be able to sleep at night, essentially, with knowing that this game has gotten voiced through its platform... Then they would take it down. But I think they're recognizing it's an arbitrary decision. And I think they're basically looking to say, look, we're going to be arbitrary. But the way we're going to deal with the arbitrariness is to basically be committed to being arbitrary as little as possible. We're just not going to engage yeah. that that reflex. Yeah. I, I
0: mean, another, another way to read it is basically like we're going to let everything up until enough people complain and then we'll take those things down. Right.
3: Maybe. Um, I mean, I think they leave themselves open to it, but I don't know if that's what they're, they're I, I, hoping I, is the process I, I don't
0: I don't know if that's what they're hoping is the process i'm I'm saying that might be the reality of the process, which is basically like let's not spend that much time reviewing these games um you know, beyond obvious illegality in some sense. Um, but if enough people complain, we still, we haven't made any promises that we will keep up those games. We can just lump them all in as trolling. And if enough people are complaining, when we have a case that they're trolling.
2: Yeah, they gave they gave themselves an out, for sure. Um, I think if you go through their list of what they identified as controversial topics, uh, in order... <laughs> I guess these things being somewhat equal, politics, sexuality, racism, gender, violence, identity, and so on. I, I mean, think I think they see politics, sexuality, and racism, outrage, coming to them. And I think they're again, this is designed to be pointed to when they say, "Look, we're just a neutral platform. Don't don't bring us you don't bring us your outrage."
3: I mean, I think it it could work both ways, and that's not necessarily bad. One is the way to say look, we're not going to try to tune this internally. We are going to let the external outrage be a metric. But on the other hand, that's also kind of bad. Um, Mob speak and mob rule is not always the healthiest way. It tends to be censoring of an awful lot of worthy things. So I think, but I don't know how well it's played up, they're also basically giving themselves the ability to say, we reserve the right to ignore the mob because we want to basically have as much stuff up as possible. So there's also a read on this that, We are going to ignore the mob unless we internally decide. We feel like acknowledging them, you know, for our own sense of why we would take something down. That I actually, now that I think about it, I think they're actually trying to say we're not trying to rely on the mob. Um, So, yeah, don't come to us if you're the mob because we're not committed to being responsive to that.
0: Maybe. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I do wonder, just in looking at how, the world has worked over the last few years it does feel like mob outrage um sort of almost requires different platforms to respond in one way or another uh and it's it's very difficult not to and i don't know how much pointing to this statement as an excuse for not bowing down to mob outrage is going to appease a mob
1: so just to raise like And maybe this is sort of sidetracking it, but it's sort of just interesting wrench in the works stuff. I mean, so today, Valve announced that they're launching a Discord-like chat, live chat service Mm -hmm. as part of Steam. Um, and there, that's already out in beta and is coming out soon, which I just thought is interesting timing. I mean, uh, of a lot of, of all the platforms, Discord is one that gets a lot of criticism and conversation around that on it and around content moderation issues. And then Valve also announced today that they're f- opening Steam in China, finally. So, I don't know. I don't know they, that those they, have direct...
0: They, they- they will be censoring STEAM in China. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, I, there's no way they cannot be.
1: Yeah, they're bringing it there as part of a partnership with a Chinese company and of you know, probably building a whole separate version of it and so on. But, yeah.
3: I mean, I think the, the key word, you know, speaking with the lawyer, eye, is that the fact that partnerships uh, shows up in here is also kind of interesting because they're getting pressure from something else other than internal or users, there's something else that's been pressuring on them, and I wonder if basically taking the we're going hands-off is one way that they're dealing with those relationships internally?
2: That maybe, but if they do anything that's actually useful when it comes to allowing users to curate their own their own titles and and what they see in their own feeds, then there's going to be a lot of onus put on the actual game publishers and developers to be more legitimate with how they Uh, How they categorize their own games, you know, how transparent they are about what's in them. Otherwise, none of this works. So if that was where this pressure was coming from, they may have created more problems for themselves than they realize.
3: I'm not sure it's it's necessarily obvious in that way. I mean, I'm also presuming there's contracts, all sorts of there's all sorts of contracts with all sorts of partners all over the place. And so whatever policy they come up with has to comport with the contractual pressure they also have on themselves. So I was reading it that way. Um, But maybe it's also a way of putting pressure back on those other parties to sort of leave them alone a little bit and to buy themselves the flexibility that they think they need, especially if they start to get pushed and pulled in conflicting directions by all these different constituencies.
0: Yeah, I mean... I think, in listening to this conversation, the answer is that nobody has any idea, which makes the announcement sort of strange. Not that not that it's the first time that companies have announced sort of big sounding statements that don't have substance behind them, um, but you know, I, I think just just from this conversation, it seems clear that whatever. Valve thought they were announcing in terms of trying to clarify a position hasn't really been clarified at all, Um, and maybe you know and and and, you know even if I were to speculate on the reasons why it's just it's just a guessing game. Um, No, they
2: they almost can't help themselves. I mean, they Valve is an amazing as as said, Steam is an amazing platform, but the way Valve. Communicates about it is, you know, just very, very opaque. And what people have been clamoring for, again, just kind of taking it back to how I opened, what people have been clamoring for was consistency and transparency if they can't get consistency. And the most consistent options are either Steam telling people it's our platform, we're going to do whatever the hell we want, or it's our platform, and we're making it. We're we're going to be as hands off as possible, and it seems like they went with
1: the latter. Except mm. in a way, they've gone with both. They have yeah. said it's our platform, <laughs> and we're going to be as hands off as possible, except for when we do whatever we want.
3: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I see that actually as a pretty clear expression of what they think they're going to do. Now, whether that's going to be good in the long run is has see, yet but, to be seen. And, yeah,
0: and 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 I almost think it, to me it, it feels a little bit like. Um, it feels naive. And and maybe I'm wrong about that. But it it feels like, you know, earlier in the conversation, I was saying that most platforms go in the other direction, they start with the claim that we're going to be as open as possible. And then they realize that they're, you know, overwhelmed with spam or trolls or harassment or whatever. And they sort of gradually lock pieces of the system down. Whereas, you know, it's interesting that Steam comes from the other direction. But now they're making this big announcement. I almost feel like they don't fully understand what it means to have an open platform. And they'll leave this sort of like, yeah, 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 trolling illegal. Yeah, yeah, we'll get rid of it. But I don't think that they fully comprehend what that actually means uh for the platform. And and that's part of, part of the reason why maybe they left that out. But it, it to me, some of that statement just feels like that it was created by people who don't necessar- or, or don't or, who haven't gone through the sort of content moderation Yeah.
1: I mean, like, let's, like, maybe this is context we should have provided up front, but like, so the, there's only really three points in the current steam submission rules that this, that what this seems to be replacing, right? Like the three points are they you can't publish hate speech, i.e. speech that promotes hatred, violence, or discrimination against groups of people based on ethnicity, religion, gender, age, disability, or sexual orientation, And then there's pornography, that's just a one-word point by itself with no additional uh, thing. And then a few items later, there's content that is patently offensive or intended to shock or disgust viewers. The rest of the points are more about legality stuff. So those are the three... Content points that's being replaced with this new content point of straight up trolling, and really, when you get down to it, it's just replacing three very subjective and difficult lines to draw with one very subjective and difficult line.
0: And and those those three points could easily be subsumed by the one point of trolling.
1: Yes, because in all cases, it's sort of, you know, at least in many people's minds, it sort of becomes a matter of intent, and it becomes this subjective matter, you know, of deciding what you think the person's really intending with this content. Uh, And so I guess that's what they're making explicit by saying it's, you know, it's about the attitude of the game. Well, that's the other, the other real problem they have is that they're still not fully
2: treating games like the artwork that they are, because they have... Or at least they weren't in that in in the last iteration of the policy that you had just mentioned, because art is intended to provoke and in some cases offend and in some cases upset and ultimately to make people feel a feeling or think a thought. And
3: I think they're going in that direction a little bit with generally trying to hold close to this laissez faire policy, because I think one of the other things that they're also saying in this blog post is we're going with laissez faire. So, I mean, they they say there's going to be some stuff you think is awful and you're going to try to attribute that awfulness to things that we would similarly express and what we're telling you is you can't make that attribution we are going to let these things be out there because we think laissez-faire is actually a value that um, that's the value that they believe in
1: yeah i mean there's an aspect here too where like we sort of assume that a lot of it you know as with a lot of the content moderation discussions these days that it has to do with like a lot of sort of alt-right stuff and other stuff that people are deeming hate speech and that we tends to be set up as this, you know, war of progressives versus, the, you know, that world on the Internet. But a lot of what Steam's addressing is related to the opposite, too, right? Like a bunch of the issues that Steam has gotten in, you know, is over these content policies like blocking things that are that are they're then criticized for like blocking various lgbtq games and blocking like explorations of sexuality that you know people think are really positive and then they're also dealing with issues where developers get weird abuse on steam for that kind of stuff so it flows in both directions and i mean you know the the big controversy over the pornography rule was the you know a lot of the anime visual novels that have nudity but then a lot of like the match point of it was the lady killer in a bind game that they originally blocked from the platform but which you know has been sort of widely critically acclaimed as a really excellent piece of interactive fiction that deals with you know adult and sexual topics and they reversed their position on that eventually and uh, so, and then that's been the controversy that's come up on a lot of like the visual novel games and ones on the fringes and then other ones that are just sort of more trashy and and so it works in both directions the way they're opening the gates and it'll be interesting to see what comes in but I'm still not sure what it'll be. Yeah I would certainly call it political,
2: I think. Um, you know, it's. I, I guess it was a little strange reading some of the other coverage of it, which almost universally focused on whether uh, Valve and Steam should be blocking objectionable, quote unquote, content or not. And I mean, I mean yeah. there there was. I, I read four or five articles in a row that referred to them as as this new libertarian policy, and I, uh, I, I about threw up because that seemed ham fisted at the very least.
3: I mean, I think there's a general trend that they're trying to buck. And I think this is why I'm rooting for them to succeed, because the general trend is hold the platforms liable that for all everything that comes through it. And I don't just mean legally, but that seems to be a cultural expectation of how dare bad things be intermediated to me by these platforms. They should go get rid of all the stuff that I don't like. And I think they're trying to say that's nuts. (laughs) That puts us in an impossible position. So we're getting out of that business. Um, We want to be as laissez-faire as possible, but we're going to leave us the out for when it is just not possible for whatever internal, arbitrary, or perfectly reasonable reason we think we're going to have to take something down. And I think they're going back to sort of a first principles of kind of how platforms should work. So in which case, I think I'm left with the question of, we have some concerns about this because I guess we're looking to see, okay, well, now that it plays out, the success and the likelihood of success that this will not just create more outrage or unhappiness, is entirely dependent on whether users will have enough tools to then do the intermediation that everyone keeps looking to them to do. Yeah, I'm and I even... think that's fair. But otherwise, the question is, if we're not happy with this, what should they have done differently?
2: Yeah, I'm not. E- I'm not even sure that's true. Um, I'm trying to imagine a world where. Valve creates the perfect filtering system so that i 'm only seeing the games that I want. People are still going to know that the objectional and offensive to them content is on the platform and are and are we really picturing the world being that because those people can't see that content they're no longer outraged i, I just don't I don't think that's going to happen
1: I mean like I agree you know with this overall idea that you're saying and I you know it is obviously crazy to hold a platform responsible. Or I guess this is my thing is it is ultimately wrong, but I I don't exactly call it crazy because it goes back to what I'm saying about wanting to see them have that same spirit on the other side of things and opening up their platform to people, right? I mean, sure, it is unrealistic and unfair to hold Twitter accountable for everything you see on Twitter but twitter still wants you to say twitter every day and go to twitter.com and install the twitter app and talk about tweeting and put twitter buttons on your website and and you know they don't always do everything they can or even a significant fraction of what they can to accommodate people breaking out of their ecosystem and using their tools outside of their ecosystem. So, you know, for these companies to really get people to accept this idea of them being a neutral platform, they need to be neutral on other things, too, where it doesn't necessarily immediately help them or, or serve what they might think to be their immediate user acquisition interests and, you know, show that commitment to openness across the board, not just to get out of responsibility.
3: I mean, I think, you know, I, I like the, I want, I again, I want Steam to succeed because I wanted to maybe set this trend of, let's go back to laissez-faire, and if more and more platforms do laissez-faire, maybe you can start to sell it to users so that they can start to understand that laissez-faire is actually, in the long run, in their interest. Because one of the disconnects we're having right now is people keep screaming for, please limit the universe that I can access, but they're not going to <laughs> like that if it actually plays out with all the... the content they consume all over the internet. And, so and, I... al,
0: al, and already in cases where platforms are limiting access to certain content then they're freaking those very same people are freaking out that that it's the wrong Uh, content that is being limited right Right. so but but
1: steam is also a a walled garden store and essentially functionally a drm system for all of the games everyone plays so i mean you know i'm just saying we can't just go straight to giving them tons of credit for being open and laissez faire on one thing you know when if they're not also interested in moving in that direction across the board or at least i think that's a reasonable way to look at it and why i think that opening up some of their tools on Multiple fronts would be their way to solve a lot of these issues, yeah
0: so I think i mean part of part of my summary on this at least is that it's very much going to to depend on what kind of tools Steam actually does release, and you know are they tools for individuals, or are they apis for third parties um you know what what does it really look like and and who knows when valve is actually going to release these things so I think this is probably something to pay attention to and see what happens in the future. But other than that, um, it's just sort of pure speculation on our parts.
3: It is, although I suppose there is the question of if you didn't, if they don't get the tools question right, does that still impugn the policy? And I'm not entirely sure it necessarily does. Well,
0: and and that's, that's a really good point. But uh, from a public perception standpoint, I don't know that the average person thinking about this would take such a sophisticated view on it.
1: There's also the question of, you know, not just does it impugn the policy, but does it satisfy their users and accomplish their business goals? Which, again, is like, you know, making the store a more usable place and, you know, ultimately getting more people to buy more games through the Steam store. True. That's the
3: bottom line for all these platforms. I mean, to belabor, at the end of the day, yes, that is the question they all have to face. But that's kind of the way the system is set up. That's the way it's supposed to work. That is, the, that is a reasonable check on their behavior. So then the final question is, I guess, as Tim cued it up, is, is it going to satisfy the users enough? But I hope so.
2: Yeah, I, I hope so as well. But the, yeah, I mean, look, the ultimate measure is going to be, as I put in the post, is your platform more or less usable because of this policy? More games is good. Less, you know, censorship is bad. More choice is good. But are you creating a problem that makes your platform more usable or not?
3: Well, you can always create more filters and always more tools. But it's hard to go back to can you actually populate it with enough expression in the first place. So I think I think I wanna answer the question that the tools issue obviously will matter from a practical standpoint, but I don't think it impugns the general content policy. And I think that's the bit I'm rooting for, that I want to I want to see a world where this sort of content policy can succeed. Right, is, but but, yeah.
0: but I think it is important that in most people's minds that will be tied to the tools that and, and how well that works. And so, like, I agree that they are two separate things, but I think that a failure to get the tools right will lead most people to believe and to argue that this policy cannot work if Valve messes up the tools. And so I hope that Valve actually is thinking through that part carefully and I don't know that they are.
1: Yeah, I mean there's a factor here too that like with games we're dealing with a area where even more than, you know, the general crowd on Twitter or on Facebook or, or even on something like Reddit or what have you, that games have, you know, uh, consistently faced like major toxicity problems and a lot of backlash and a lot of conversation over that, a lot of internal conflict in the gaming industry, a lot of conflict emerging between developers and publishers and their player bases now even so it's you know it's going to get messy no one's just going to say okay cool steam does what it wants right yeah, so because... it will be interesting to see how that evolves
0: <laughs> because the the gamer community is well known for uh you know being polite and keeping their opinions <laughs> quiet yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so i think i'm going to wrap up this conversation it is an interesting one it's, it's obviously a really interesting situation it'll be interesting to watch it's interesting to think about sort of how we got here and what all this means. But I think some of our conclusion here is that we kind of have to wait and see what happens. so maybe this is one of those podcasts that we'll have to revisit a year or so from now and see kind of what's actually happened. And hopefully we can see some good things come out of it, but that's, that is not a uh, uh, definite Situ- uh, uh, possibility, I would, I would well, if,
2: say. If, if it takes a year to get results, uh, then shame on Steam for and Valve for having made this announcement now in the first place. Uh, well, I, well, they might
3: have needed to buy themselves some flexibility from some current pressures nibbling at them. So it, yeah. they may have just had to do it. Well, and... I,
0: I, yes. And and that's true. And I, I think there's there's two different things, right? There's, there's one is sort of like when will they start releasing these tools and will they release them? Uh, at once or will they dribble out different things but also then sort of what is the impact of the use of those tools so that's sort of what i'm putting a year or so out from now and to 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 be transparent they're
3: setting expectations so yeah yeah
0: true true all right well uh thank you guys for an interesting conversation it's definitely something that we will need to revisit at some point um maybe my prediction of a year is off but we'll see um (laughs) it's uh it's definitely interesting and it's it's to me part of what's most interesting is the fact that it does feel like a platform going in reverse uh from from almost every other platform um but there's all sorts of other interesting things as we have discussed here so um unless any of you feels very strongly about having a final word on this i'm gonna close down the conversation I'm going to take the brief amount of silence as mm-hmm. uh consent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh thanks guys for uh taking this conversation out of our internal chat and putting it on the podcast and thanks to everyone for listening and uh we'll be back next week with something else. Bye. Bye.
2: If we don't up to them someone okay. Grab a shovel and
3: dig up the